Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Arena. We're in between our second and third period. Merrimack taking on Lowell. And uh, our guest, the man who's calling this game for the New England Sports Network tonight, Tom Caron. Uh, Tom, let's take a look at this matchup tonight. Uh, two teams at Lowell and Merrimack battling for home ice. Identical league records. Figures to be an elite matchup. Uh, let's start with your thoughts as we enter this game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Merrimack handles this. Uh, the nice split last weekend against UNH looked real good on Friday. And obviously uh, UMass Lowell coming in here with the second longest unbeaten streak in the nation at 11 games. They're playing real well, but Merrimack, you know, that senior class now, it's so different from when we come here three, four years ago. This is a group that knows how to play in big games, knows how to win big games, so we'll see if they're up to the test tonight. Well, you touched on Lowell, second hottest team in the nation right now, behind Quinnipiac. This is a team that has been both good and fortunate. Uh, talk about the job Norm Basin has done uh, since arriving here at Lowell. Yeah, he's really done a great job. I mean, we saw what he did last year. Uh, what was it, the, the single biggest jump under a first-year coach in D1 history. So uh, he came in quickly last year to his alma mater. He got them playing his system right away. It's kind of a pro system if you watch it. You know, anytime anybody from Merrimack gets the buck and looks at the net, there's going to be three River Hawks diving to block that shot. They're going to be right in front of them. Uh, they clog up the passing lanes. They block a lot of shots. A very, very frustrating team to play against. Well, Tom, I know you've had a chance to call a game with Nesson since the rink renovation started here at Merrimack, but I wonder if you could give us your impressions of the job that the Merrimack administration has done here and uh, what it's like to call a game here. Well, it's a great place to do a game, and, and since the renovations, it's uh, you know to me, it's one of the great environments in, in college hockey because you know we've seen, and I'm not going to name any names, but we've seen a lot of arenas built that are big and cavernous and almost like a, a, an AHL arena. This, to me, still captures the feel of what a college hockey game should be. You know, it's a tight quarter. The fans are right on top of you. We know they'll get what? You know, 50% of the student body will be here tonight for the game. Uh, so I love doing it. I think it jumps off the screen. We come in here with the high-def cameras, and the fans are all around the rink. It's, it's a great environment. It looks great on TV. Tom, let's, talk, let's take a look at Hockey East right now. Has anything surprised you so far as uh, we enter February? Yeah, the last couple weeks have surprised me because, I thought you know, it looked like BC, BU, UNH were going to run away from everybody. All of a sudden, all three have stumbled a little bit. Merrimack playing much better. Obviously, Lowell playing great. Uh, that goes back to early December, but they struggled early on. A main shocks BC last weekend. So what was surprised me is that it looked like it was going to be a top-heavy league. We haven't seen that in a while. You know, it's been very close top to bottom. Now, it's back to where we've been the last few years. I think it's six points separating first from six, uh, like three or four points separating seventh from tenth. So everything is up for grabs. going to make for a great stretch run. Well, you, you talk about how anything can happen in this league. Tom, you mentioned Maine beating Boston. Boston College twice at Connie Forum last weekend. Everybody thought Maine was uh, was left for dead, and now all of a sudden they're right back in the race. You know, they win a couple of games, they're right there. Yeah, and they could be the team you don't want to play in the first round. You know, they become one of those teams who jumps into the number eight uh, eight seed and could shock a number one seed. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what Tim Whitehead has them doing uh, at the end of the year because I think you know they, they they looked good over the holidays down in Naples, Florida. They looked great last weekend against BC. They could give anybody fits uh, if they get the right. Tom, uh, February hockey means the bean pot to a lot of people. Uh, the tournament starts on Monday, as you well know. Uh, how do you see the bean pot shaping up this year? Uh, as always, it's it, to me wide open, uh, and as always, it's probably going to be BC and BU in the final. Uh, BU Northeastern, the first game on Monday, is a real interesting matchup. We did the two of them a couple of Fridays ago, and Northeastern had a 5 2 lead going into the third. BU came all the way back, and then Northeastern won. Vinny Sapinari, the former BU Terrier, got the game winning goal at the end. So, uh, Northeastern. Northeastern matches up pretty well. 
one, maybe the two fastest teams as far as transition up and down the ice, they might be the two most up-tempo teams in Hockey East, and neither one will try to change that. So they'll go up and down that garden ice all night. I, I, that's a great game. I think to start the beanpot with that game is going to be good. Uh, Harvard, you know, has struggled a little bit of late again, uh, but but they've still got you know the better part of that power play that last year was the best in the country. Uh, BC is going to be looking to make a statement after the losses to Maine. I know they play tonight, but uh, I you know I, if you had to a gun to my head, I'd say BCBU in the finals. Uh, but Northeastern, this could be the year that Northeastern shocks everyone. And uh, let's let's not forget Harvard. You brought them up earlier against BU this year. They came back from a 5-2 deficit, caught them, and then beat them in overtime. So Harvard should be pretty motivated as well. Yeah, they're offensive. They can score goals. And you can't take super penalties because they're really, really good on the power play. Uh, and no question, I just... I don't know. I would have thought BC's going to run away with the whole thing, and then last week they take a big step back and they've lost whatever it is, you know, four out of six now. They have that January swoon every year, and then they wind up reeling off 10 or 12 or 14 in a row. So I still think BC is the team to beat. Well, Tom, before I let you go, I can't let you go without uh, getting your take on the Red Sox. You follow them as uh, closely as anyone around here. Spring training is approaching. Uh, how's the team looking and your impressions of uh, John Farrell as he takes the reins? Or is it too early to, to tell? Well, John Farrell's going to be great. He, he'll be everything Bobby Valentine wasn't, and, and I have nothing against Bobby Valentine. He was just the wrong guy at the wrong time. They need stability. They need a calm influence at the top. John Farrell is all of that. As far as how they're going to be, I don't know. Because I, I really, I mean, I can't remember the last time we've gone into a season where they you can make the case that they would be really good. Uh, Victorino and Gomes and Napoli and Drew, two years ago, you'd have been thrilled with any one of those guys, let alone all four. They all had down years, although I thought Drew played real well when he finally got with Oakland at the end last year. Uh, you can make the argument that Ortiz is ready to bounce back. You can make the argument that his Achilles is still going to be a problem. You can make the argument that Dempster's a great addition or that he's going to get lit up by good teams in the ALE. So you could project this team to win 93 games. You could predict them to, to win 78 games. And, and you have a good argument either way. For me, uh, it'll make the beginning of the season really fun for us because there's so much uncertainty. There's so many new guys. Uh, that it's going to be interesting to get to know these guys. I do think this. I think the American League East is going to be more wide open than it's been in a while. I think New York has all the drama. I don't believe Baltimore is a 93-win team every year. I think Tampa Bay takes a step back with the trade of James Shields. Toronto's probably the team to beat, but you've got so many new faces you wonder if it's going to take a little time for them to come together. So I do think that they will be in the hunt because I think you know, 88 wins probably get you a wild card spot this year, and they, I think, are good enough to do that. Well, I know you're heading down to Florida soon. When can we expect the first Red Sox spring training game on Nesson? Yeah, the first, well, the first report, we do our first hour show uh, from Fort Myers Sunday the 10th, so a week from Sunday. And then uh, I think our first game is the 23rd of February, but we start with our shows. I'll be down there next weekend. We start Sunday night at 6 and then every night at 6 for 2 weeks uh, we do our, and the weekends we do 2 hours in the morning from 10 to 12 so we'll be live a lot beginning on uh, Sunday February 10th Alright Tom it's always great seeing you great, uh, great call tonight and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the road we'll be looking for you on Nesson with the Sox as well yeah, we'll Bring a little palm trees and baseball try to warm me up, thanks John Alright that's Tom Karen, the play-by-play uh, -play voice on the New England Sports Network for tonight's game we will return with more of our intermission next you're listening to Merrimack Warrior Hockey right here on WGAM The Game